Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's one of the hidden gems in our community, and one of the guys responsible and an enthusiast for it is uh, a man you've seen a lot on our good. Uh, Friends over at Freedom 43, Lucas Ross is with us with the American, the Oklahoma Banjo Museum, but it is an American Banjo Museum at that. Yeah, it is. It's an American Banjo Museum, and it's the only one not just in Oklahoma or America, but the world. There's not another museum that's 100% donated, uh, dedicated to the banjo. It's so cool that we have it here. It is. Let's start with what brought you to the banjo. Oh, man. Well, when I was a kid, the first plunks on a banjo I ever heard were from still my favorite musician and my favorite banjo player to this day and i don't know if it's politically incorrect to say what he is but i'll just say it and you can bleep it out but he was a frog Mm -hmm. um kermit was my favorite (laughs) and so i don't know if i could say that some people say puppet but Uh that's not correct i've learned it's handheld american okay so that was my first exposure to the banjo was the Muppet movie, 1979, Rainbow Connection. Rainbow um, Connection. Who doesn't love that haunting, I've interviewed thing. Paul Williams, the oh, writer yeah. of that song. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and you know, he loves the fact that most people, that's their, like the first thing they learn to play, the yeah. first thing they learn they plunk out on the banjo yeah. is Rainbow Connection. And they want to be able to do that. Um, Matt Vogel, who currently performs Kermit, was mm-hmm. at the Banjo Museum uh, earlier, about a year ago now. And uh, he'd never really played a banjo. I was like, should I get a banjo? I was like, well, yeah, Matt, you're Kermit. You should. (laughs) And he sat there. And so uh, we got him a banjo. And I sent him a little kit and uh, the first instructions to play Rainbow Connection. So even Kermit, you know, can play the banjo. But yeah, it's that was really it. And I didn't even know what the instrument was. I just loved the sound of it. Mm -hmm. I loved what it was. It just sounded different. It's bright. It cuts through. It's different. True confessions here. My parents were folkies. Yes. Big folk music fans. Okay. Pete Seeger, Kingston Trio. Yes. So growing up, I had these records around. Um, The one that I liked the most, I think, was by a group called the Village Stompers, and the name of the song was Washington Square. It's a banjo piece. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that's what I wanted to learn to play as a kid. So that has, and see, and a lot of people associate the banjo now with more the the bluegrass or the, you know, deliverance, wonderful Mm -hmm. deliverance that we have that to define. (laughs) That moment, though, but the Dueling Banjo song so much. But, yeah, there's the Ragtime Age. There's that bright, uh, the 20s, 1920s style, which might be coming back now that we're in yeah. the 2020s. Yeah. But, um, well, see, what's cool, you got to come to the Banjo Museum. We have some of the banjos that you've heard. So the Kingston Trio, when they, uh, I think when they recorded uh, Tom Dooley, that Excellent. banjo, that yeah. banjo's on display there. And it's like, I love the banjo. I love it. And even I, when I heard we had a banjo museum, was like, oh, okay, I'll get down there someday. I had yeah. no idea the institution. I had no idea... Um, how it's this beacon for the instrument and major celebrities and stars and musicians uh, come to this place and so, we don't even know and it's just normal mm-hmm. it, people it's in their own backyard like oh yeah okay I guess everybody has a banjo museum <laughs> they don't we no, have it it's no. so cool and uh, well I, and I was gonna say I've not taught myself to play I have taught myself to play ukulele which uh-huh. has the four strings yes I imagine the banjo isn't that much of a stretch it's different but there is a banjo ukulele Ah, so it's yes. tuned the same. Mm-hmm. So technically, you could take you could technically be a banjo player, my friend. All right, Just, I'll bring you a banjo ukulele. <laughs> same chord, same everything. Boom. 
Done. You're in. Here we are. It counts. Washington Square, here I come. That's right. <laughs> but but it, it's, it, that, it's those notes in that first sound sometimes that sticks with you with, a, with maybe an instrument. And Bela Flex, uh, banjo extraordinaire, says that about the Beverly Hillbilly scene. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know what the instrument was. He just heard this ringing, this, this sound, and, he, and he, he looked to his brother and was like, can you hear this? Is this not incredible? And his brother's like, yeah, what? And so it, his, mm-hmm. it strikes people differently. So you might be... You might be a banjo player, partly. I, I probably could be. Well, I could be. I, you know? I can teach you in an hour. I do a Picatune class. If I can't teach you in one hour, it's free. Mostly because <laughs> it's free to begin with. Yeah. But I haven't had to pay anybody back yet. We're talking to Lucas Ross. He is with the uh, the American Banjo Museum right here in Oklahoma. We've had a major celebrity make a contribution, which we'll get to in just a minute. But well, look at the history of the banjo. It's a distinctly American instrument. Well, it, it is. A lot of times it was considered America's instrument. It was defined the way we see it here, but, you know, it has African influences. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of uh, enslaved people in early America were making and crafting their own versions of this, what has become the banjo, based on a gourd, a stick, uh-huh. and string instruments, mm-hmm. maybe rhythm instruments that they were making from memory. And so for a hun- few hundreds of years, uh, it was being created that way before it started to kind of grow out and be exposed. And it was a big deal whenever uh, for a white performer to play this instrument and for them to find out at the time where it came from. And so with, and a lot, just like any American history, there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of hard parts of that story. Sure. And with that story, there's also some beautiful moments too, not to overlook the bad or to try to justify any of it. But you had uh, r- different races coming together because of an instrument at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And they were sharing written music during the Civil War. They were sharing these songs that we know to this day, um, and even though there was still this wrongdoing, these things that we can see now, people were taking a chance on both sides to expose themselves to this Mm -hmm. different sound. And just like we get from a lot of different things, whether it's jazz and blues and different things, like rap, different things that came from different cultures or different... different sides that different people uh, play and enjoy now. And I didn't know that. I love the banjo yeah, just because yeah. I thought it was a novelty. Mm-hmm. I used it as a prop. I got one in high school because I wanted to be like Steve Martin. Uh-huh. And I had no idea getting into it that it had such a deep root. And so I really have an uh, appreciation and try to share respect with that. Well, I still do comedy and stuff where it came from. I actually travel. My wife does a nonprofit in Africa, and we're actually going there at the end of the month, and I'll take my banjo over there. And a lot of these kids in Ghana have never seen a banjo. Wow. And so I'll do yeah. music workshops there and talk to them about other things too, but then I'll show them this banjo. And uh, I was like, this this comes from here. This is this, this mm-hmm. comes from this part of the world. So it's uh, it's been really an interesting instrument. I had no idea the journey that this little instrument would take me on, and uh, I love it. Well, one of the uh, high priests of banjo is the comedian (laughs) Steve Martin that you mentioned, and he has made a significant contribution to the museum. Yes, we're really excited about this. Now, a few years ago, in 2015, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. This, there is a banjo Hall of Fame. And for a long time, it was just for four-string jazz players. And when that uh, gate opened up and all banjo players and promoters uh, were inducted, he was one of those, uh, along with Earl Scruggs, Pete Seeger, Mm -hmm. and so many others. But uh, we had his original banjo that he learned on. We had the banjo he played on. The Muppet Show and Saturday Night Live, and, and it was neat. We had that for about a year, and it went away. And uh, But over that time, Steve stayed in contact with our executive director, Johnny Byer, who's an incredible, one of the best, if not the best, four-string player uh, alive to this day. That does, And we're so, it's such a treasure to have him here, too. If you ever get a chance to go, if you really want to hear a good banjo player, mm-hmm. come hear Johnny Byer when he does a show here. But um, he, uh, Steve reached out to him just a, a little over a month ago and said, I've got this banjo 
that the Kennedy Center custom made for me. It's a Gibson banjo whenever I got the Mark Twain Prize in Mm -hmm. 2005. And I just, you know, it's more designed to look at. It's beautiful. I'd like to give it to the museum. Do you think you'd want it? And so it was really neat to have him approach us. Yes. To not have to be somebody that's asking. And it's a lot of overtime of of earning the respect and trust to see that when people hear banjo museum, they're thinking, oh, it's a guy with a bunch of banjos in his garage. I mean, <laughs> right. And, and even I, it's like when I first heard there was a banjo museum, I'm envisioning a bunch of dusty banjos somewhere that are cool and maybe fun to take a selfie in front of and say I went there. But there's so much history. Mm-hmm. There's so much art just in the design of it. And uh, there's stories to tell that they're continuing to tell. And uh, and this is a really neat one. It has the banjo that, that he has donated um, it will be on display in a, in a unique and a permanent exhibit that we'll have there. And uh, it has his name inscribed in the side of it, and it has the Kennedy Center logo on the neck. And on the back, it has a Mark Twain logo and Mark Twain's wow. face. So it's yeah. really neat. It's really neat. And it's neat that oh, I got this thing just lying around. <laughs> right. You know, it should be somewhere where people can appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. And what, what a neat treasure, because for, some, for a lot of people, they associate with uh, Mark Twain and things like that, and just the fact that it was Steve Martin's that, that mm-hmm. it is, and uh, that you can come and see that—that's that, pretty neat. So it's going to be on display, or it is current. It will be on display. We just received it, mm-hmm. and uh, Johnny is working on uh, just fixing it up, uh, mm-hmm. adjusting it, making sure it looks all pretty and restrung, ready for the public to come check it out. But we'll do a big launch, and uh, we'll let you know firsthand so, so your listeners can come and check it out. Steve Martin has made a donation to the American Banjo Museum. One of the enthusiasts from that museum is with us. You also know him from Freedom 43. It's Lucas Ross who's joining us now on News Radio 1000 KTOK. And um, the Banjo Museum, when, where, and tell us how people can attend and what the hours are. Well, Tuesday through Sunday. we're closed on Mondays, mm-hmm. so that's, you know, it's just kind of like that Chick-fil-A thing. You yeah. only want to go on Sundays <laughs> when it's closed. Um, but, yeah, uh, we're open from 11 to 6 weekdays, and then on Sundays, noon to 5. But then there's also special events and different uh, things that we'll do. Uh, we do a big crew de banjo, which is a big Mardi Gras <laughs> party. And uh, you have this ragtime uh, Dixieland band will come and play. Great food. That's coming up. Uh, we have Banjo Fest in September, which is bringing great artists uh, over the years. That's also the same weekend we do the Hall of Fame. And with the Steve Martin exhibit and his connection there, who knows what that could. Mm-hmm. We're always hoping he'll show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a busy guy. He's a, uh, you know, he could have retired if he wanted to, but he's still out there doing shows with Martin Short and stuff. Came through here earlier last, uh, early last year. Oh, was my a good goodness. Show. Lee, I've, okay, confession. Mm-hmm. I've loved Steve Martin since I was a kid. I watched The Jerk with my dad back when it was on. Uh, well, now Freedom 43, Channel 43 yes. back in the Sunday afternoon movie, watching The Jerk, and my dad was laughing so hard at him trying to dance with his family on the porch, if you remember that scene. And I just connected with Steve Martin. I was like, if this guy can make my dad laugh, I want to be like this guy. I don't know. Maybe that was it. I love Steve Martin. I used to write him letters when I was in mm-hmm. middle school, whatever. And then over time, I was lucky enough, Byron Berline, our wonderful fiddle player from Guthrie, uh, we were at a concert uh, in Texas a few years ago. He snuck me backstage. I got to meet Steve Martin. Excellent. It was so cool. Got to shake his hand, and security was watching me because I was not supposed to be there. <laughs> but Byron Burline's like, I don't care. Uh, Steve used to open for Byron back yes, in the day. Yes, I was going to so say. Cool. I was going to say, wasn't that one of Steve's uh, 
protege, wasn't Steve a protege? Wasn't he well, inspired by? Yeah, well, yeah, and you know, Steve learned with John McEwen of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Oh, okay. So Mr. Okay. Bojangles himself. Yeah. He and Steve both learned to play banjos together in the same room. They went to high school together, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get a banjo, and somebody said, hey, this other guy's got a banjo, so they connected because of the banjo. So that's, and that's really a neat thing about the banjo. You immediately start making friendships when you mm-hmm. start playing an instrument like that. And something as interesting as the banjo, you're going to find interesting friends. And John McEwen and Steve Martin, yeah. and they're still friends to this day. That's actually who came and accepted on his behalf when he couldn't be here oh, cool. for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. McEwen's a good friend to the museum. But uh, o- over the years, I've just adored Steve Martin and loved his comedy and in- been inspired by him. And so uh, he came to the museum whenever he was in town with Martin Short uh, just mm-hmm. last year. And there was a chance he was going to come to the museum, and I was pretty stoked. I asked permission, do I get to be here? What's the circumstance going to be? They're like, yes, just don't be a freak. Of course not, of course not. <laughs> but I already had it set in my mind, Lee. I was going to go down early and take down all my Steve Martin pictures from the, my office because my office is open to the, the, the glass. is open. You can see. Uh-huh. So I took down all my Steve Martin stuff. It was my plan. I pulled in and got a phone call from the front desk, and they're like, Lucas, he came early, and he's already gone. No, We're so sorry. You no. must be heartbroken. I was like, no, I, did he look in my office? That's all I care about. Does he think I'm a <laughs> psycho? And that night, we got to go backstage and meet him after the show, and I'm just hoping he doesn't recognize me or know me. And I was on the list this time, Lee. Yeah. I was supposed okay. to be there. Well, good, good. And so we walked back there, and Steve <laughs> looks at me in Steve Barton, true fashion, and just goes, I hope you're not a criminal. <laughs> and everybody busts out laughing. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm on a list. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was over. But no, he actually, when we got, Johnny came back with the banjo, he actually sent a book for me, uh, his autobiography. He signed for me and, and thanked so, me. So, yeah. uh, so I'm not on the watch and list And he remembered anymore. who you were. Yes, yes, he said, uh, are you a criminal yet? Still a criminal? No. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty neat. I, who would have th- I never would have thought I'd get to live so many fun dreams uh, here yeah. in my home state. I love it. We have the Banjo Museum here. We have Kermit well, the Frog was, on display. Like, what in the world? That was my next question. Lucas Ross is with us with the American Banjo Museum. Why, how did it end up here? I would imagine, uh, easily I could imagine Austin, Texas or mm-hmm. Nashville. Yes. Um, why Oklahoma City? You know, there were a lot of places they were considering doing this. So it's we've been in Bricktown for just over, just uh, going on 11 years now, mm-hmm. um, the there was a big uh, festival that was going on in Guthrie the, because yeah. uh, because Byron pretty much the I mean, Woody Guthrie festival. Well, it, yeah, and Byron would have his music festival, and they yeah. used to have a big banjo festival up there. Oh, okay, and, and it was catered more towards those four-string ragtime jazz players. Yeah. These mm-hmm. are the guys that played legendary guys. Everybody from they played it. At Disney parks for years to oh, shake okay. his pizzas all over the place. When you had to have, if you had a shake his pizza, you had to have you a banjo. Had to have a banjo. It was part of it. You, <laughs> if you had a franchisee, you had to have the piano player and a banjo. It was part of it. And so a lot of these guys would continue to get together, and it kind of started as, as not to say a club, but kind of a group of guys that would play this one style. And there was a man who had a collection. Um, uh, of banjos, and he wanted it to be on permanent display. And looking around different places, the Smithsonian considered it in different mm-hmm. places. There was never a guarantee that they would stay together. He wanted the collection to stay together and be on display for people. And a lot of places would take it, but they would shelf it. And mm-hmm. he just was afraid that they might not be handled correctly, been you know destroyed, who knows what. And over time, they looked at different places. And uh, so the the Four String Museum and Hall of Fame was in Guthrie across the street from Byron's for. Yeah. Where his shop was originally above the YMCA. That was where mm-hmm. the Banjo Museum started for about, I want to say, about 10 years. And then when they needed to expand and make it for all stringed instruments, not just four strings, five strings, six strings, banjo ukuleles, yeah. just for you, yeah. <laughs> um, they started looking around. They considered uh, Florida. They were looking at different places, but they, you know, while we feel like Oklahoma kind of has a musical voice, 
it's not as defined as, say, a Nashville sound is. We mm-hmm. have a lot of different culture in, sure. our, in our state. And they liked it because it was central. They liked it because there wasn't a different kind of competition there with that. I mean, it's a really unique thing. And while Oklahoma, some people say, well, there's not really a history linked to it, the swing music uh, that was developing early that used a four-string banjo um, developed in, in Oklahoma, South Oklahoma, yeah, and North and, Texas. And, yeah, the deep so, deuce kind mm-hmm. of sound there. Yeah. So, we have a, so we have a link to that uh, there, and it just seemed to make sense. When Bricktown was building up and people had an opportunity to get that building, it just worked out really nice, and, uh, and it's become a destination for people. It's funny. People come from out of state to see the Banjo Museum, or if they go on the Route 66 trip, that's yeah. what they want to And it's an easy on, it easy off. It's right there. So, it is. Yeah. It's fine. And now with the streetcars, like uh-huh. people are literally getting dumped in our lap, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's neat because it's one that you can get. It's, it's really affordable to go to. It's also something that you could do in an 30 minutes to an hour, or mm-hmm. you could spend four hours in there. And if there's a show going on, you never know. You could go and see it. We have a parlor. It's, it was originally a Shakey's Pizza Room upstairs. <laughs> you can see it. Actually, every first... Uh, Wednesday of the month, starting again in February, we do a free, you show up with your lunch. If you bring your lunch, Lee, to the Banjo Museum on the first Wednesday of the month, you get in for free, and you can go listen to Johnny Byer play the banjo. It's a blast. see Steve Martin's donation to the American Banjo Museum. Lucas Ross is with us. Once again, where the Banjo Museum is, the hours, and where people can learn more, website, etc. That's right. Uh, We're at 9 East Sheridan, right Mm -hmm. across from uh, the Melting Pot, Nothing says romance like fondue and banjo music. There you are. Think about that, guys, for Valentine's Day. Uh, we're right there, uh, and uh, our website is AmericanBanjoMuseum.com. And uh, I'd love to see that. I, I usually am there most office. Uh, I office down there, so come see me. And we'll see you on Freedom 43. All right. Thanks for joining us, Lucas Ross. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.